0: You need to be understanding how you want to be perceived in the market. It's about creating positive perceptions about your brand and it's literally every communication channel that you do engage in.
1: Hello and welcome to Smart Online Marketing, where I switched on entrepreneurs and experts to chat about smart strategies to build your business in a profitable and sustainable way. My name is Katie Griffin, and I am in the digital marketing game. I specialize in Google Ads, and I've worked one-on-one with clients such as Shopos, Moonwork and Snuggle Honey Kids, and I also have my own course teaching small businesses how to grow profitably using Google Ads. If we haven't met before, I'm a kombucha-loving Real Housewives apologist, alongside my love of all things pop culture, and yes, that does include the Kardashians. I'm a mum of two, a self-confessed hippie at heart with a love of all things business. Hi, and welcome to today's episode. I have Katie Martell, who is the founder of Croft PR and also Katie's PR School. And a funny story before I get into some more nitty-gritty details on Katie. We actually officially met when she posted in a Facebook group asking for some Google Ads experts. And a number of people tagged me in the post and then one person actually was saying how they didn't like my style and found me a bit too aggressive. And I was mortifying because I thought, holy moly, how embarrassing that someone has asked for recommendations and a lot of people have recommended me and then one person hasn't. <laughs> and it's kind of the first time that I've seen negative feedback of myself online when I haven't necessarily known about it. And... Katie was lovely enough, I I sent her a message afterwards hoping that she would connect with me because I follow Katie on Instagram, I have for a while, and she's at croft.pr on Instagram, and i followed her for a while and I've loved her stuff, and so to think that someone who I have admired saw some negative feedback about me, it embarrassed me quite a lot, and so we kind of addressed that at the beginning of this episode, and... Katie is amazing. She has 14 years experience in PR and she's worked on award-winning campaigns for brands like the APA, which is the Australian Physiotherapy Association, as well as global brands like Medella, Hyatt and Rosella. And she also teaches small business owners how to do their own PR. So kind of like the same thing that I do with my Google Ads course. She does the PR. So she teaches businesses how to run their own PR without having to outsource or hire. So this is perfect for businesses that don't have the funds to outsource, that don't have the know-how to do their own PR. And she teaches you how to do it really strategically and get great results. So make sure you do check out Katie's PR School. I've got all the links in the show notes. And Katie's a mum of two, like me, and she's really particularly passionate about empowering like-minded women to lead PR and brand content strategies to find and share their voice and thrive in business. And I'm just thrilled that she decided to join me on today's show. So let's welcome Katie. Thank you so much, Katie, for joining me today.
0: Thank you, Katie. I love (laughs) your name, by the way. No, we
1: have different spelling, slightly different spelling. Are you a Katie or are you a...
0: I'm a Catherine, Catherine actually, Catherine. with a K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E, which is after Catherine Hepburn, according to my parents, so wow. super
1: fancy. I'm a Caitlin, very but I don't have a
0: Caitlin. Oh, yeah. that's beautiful. I don't have a Because your that. VA is Caitlin too, right?
1: She's my team member and she's Caitlin as well, so it's oh, confusing. Amazing. I met her online. <laughs> yeah, she's great. Caitlin's she's great. She's
0: very helpful. I really liked her. Yeah, so many
1: Caitlins. I know, we're just Catherine. taking over the world. Exactly. So, I'm so thrilled that you have joined me today and we have just spent the last 40-ish minutes nearly talking, (laughs) getting to know each other properly. (laughs) Let's turn this mic on now. Because, yeah, we did have an interesting meeting, but I will go into that another time.
0: Can you give me an overview on who you are and what you do? Yes. So, thank you, Katie, for having me on. I'm super, super excited to be here. So yeah, I guess I'm Katie Martell. I'm founder of Croft PR, which is the Brisbane Boutique Agency in yeah, based up in here in Brisbane. And we lead PR and brand content for a lot of big brands as well as also coach through my new PR, Katie's PR School, soon to launch currently Yay. in Beta version, which is yeah where I coach small businesses in mastering their own PR. So yeah, that's I guess me in a nutshell. We worked from big brands like I guess if all the mums out there would know the brand Medela, which is an incredible breast pump brand, global brand, as well as brands like Hyatt. So we announced Hyatt coming to Brisbane last year, and which um, is currently on delay with uh, COVID in the works. But COVID, yeah, be, COVID be damned. COVID be damned. That's right. So it should be opening in the next couple of years, as well as yeah small sort of hospitality retail outlets like there's a there's an amazing restaurant precinct in um, the city called Haven Newstead which is yeah divine so we do all sorts of lifestyle property mother I'm I have a, a big passion for anything related to mums in in business and mum products because look I am a mummy as well so <laughs> I think when you do
1: become a mum, you do naturally start to work with more businesses that are mums as well, because suddenly you open up to this whole new world that you're like, how did this world exist to me beforehand that I had, I thought that I knew what being a mum was like, but now I'm like, holy moly.
0: Yeah. I remember like maybe 10 years ago, the whole like mummy blogger thing, like we started to hear about it, but I was, you know, 23 and was like, oh my God, that's so, it sounds so drab or like, <laughs> what, what is that world? But, my God, it is incredible and it is such a force to be reckoned with, like, women in business. And I think as soon as you become a mum, you just, it opens up a world of opportunities, I think. And you, um, like, for me personally, like, my confidence or abilities to just get, you know, shit done. Yeah. (laughs) You just can do so much more things. And I think that's why, you know, I gravitate to a lot of women in business or mums in business because, yeah, I think, the scope and potential is so much more, and yeah, and rather than you know working with other businesses, I, I mean, I still work with them. I still love working with them, but mums, I particularly have a passion for.
1: I was just thinking because I actually wrote something on my Instagram the other day about how I've got two kids, and each time I've had a a baby, I've sort of come to this career crisis, and I've been speaking to other women as well that have started their own businesses, and it seems a common thread that when you have a baby, you go through this like shift of what do I want to do with my life and what do I want to do that's best for my family and how do I combine, the especially that first baby, how do I combine my love of work and my love of my family? Did you go through anything similar?
0: A hundred percent. It was, yeah, so i you know, worked for 10 years or so, a decade or so before I went and had kids. But I always knew that, yeah, the work that I was doing previously, working in agencies, big agencies, was not going to be a sustainable life for having children anyway but yeah so when I left I decided I wanted to take a good break for my health mental health as well as you know all the things I just wanted to reset with everything and decide what I wanted to do after kids but I'd been out for you know maybe I think three years two or three years at least yeah three years between my children until from Bo who's now five to Paddy um who's now two but Paddy was yeah there was a 22 month gap between them so and that's yes. not much. Not much. No, it was no. but it was a good a good time out. Like three years is in the world of PR and content and marketing, as you would know, it, it can change dress, you know dramatically in that time. And it did. So I've been off the tools for a while. And yeah, and then just you're just inundated with so much new information as a mum and learning all the new ropes of trying to manage sleepless nights and motherhood and balancing all the you know, the balls that we do in motherhood, that I did really feel, yeah, the confidence really took a dive. But then at the same time, in different ways, so much stronger and so much more resilient in many, you know, many other ways. Because at the end of the day, what's most important, you realise, is actually, you know, caring for kids. For me, it was anyway, but still having a passion, you know, beyond just my children too, which was in business. So, yeah, I think that's a roundabout tangent to what you were saying around confidence. And yeah, it did really take a hit, but at the same time, yeah, in different ways, boosted in so many other ways. So,
1: and I want to talk about before we get on to how you started Croft PR, which I love the name, by the way, how
0: did you What's come? The name?
1: Oh, your maiden name. I was wondering if it was your maiden name. I love. I would have kept that. I would have been like, "No, hubby, I'm not. I'm not coming. <laughs> I'm singing with a, Croft." It
0: was a big, yeah, it was a big devastation, and I was really coming in. I think you should
1: go back. I
0: know. Well, look, people call me <laughs> Katie Croft because I am Croft. We've got
1: the same initials. I'm a Connor, so my yeah, maiden name is C pacing. as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, so I still get called back regularly, but I succumbed and You succumbed changed it to Martell just from the kid's perspective. I decided it was easier. And also from a business perspective, I was like, well, maybe when I first started out, I looked bigger than just, you know, yeah. <laughs> having a different name. It looks almost bigger. So yeah, from that perspective, but now I'm like, no, I really miss my name. I love it. <laughs> well, I love it. I
1: love a croft PR. I think it's a great, a strong, I think you should go back. But anyway, that's another topic. <laughs>
0: exactly. Uh,
1: PR is something to me that I just, we were talking a bit off mic before, that is something that I just don't wrap my brain around. Like, it's not something that is comes naturally to me. Can you give an overview on, like, breakdown at the basic level, what is PR? Yeah.
0: So, I guess, you know, there's a lot of misunderstanding around PR and what it is, you know, but I guess what people most think of it is, is publicity or getting coverage in media outlets and Yes, yeah, so that's what it's most famous for. But actually, it's really about reputation building and awareness building, trust building. So it's using any communication platform from a high-level strategic point of view. It's using any communication platform and engaging with the right people and the right you know, stakeholders, which you know, is a terminology, whether it's you know, an influencer or your customers, to build up your reputation and build these really strong, rock-solid relationships to thrive in business and create an amazing brand but yeah, what people want and know PR for is actually creating publicity. So yeah, that's it in a nutshell. And I was just going to say the publicity side, like,
1: cause that's the way I perceive it is it's like getting on TV or getting yep. in magazines or getting yep. in the newspaper. Does that make up a lot of it or would doing things like social media partnerships, is that classified as PR as well?
0: 100%. So, this is where it's really shifted. So, when I first started in PR world 100 years ago. <laughs>
1: 10, 10 Born in ago, um, um, 1920.
0: Yes. <laughs> I look fabulous for my age. Yeah. So, when I first started, it was all about media. It's traditional media. It was getting primetime news. It was getting in the front page of the Korea Mail or the AFR, whatever it is. So, It was very much traditional media central focused, and there's a whole strategy that that comes with doing that. But now it's really shifted, and the scope so, what's the perception is that media is dying, and this is actually not the case. It is definitely shifting. So, we know that the rise of digital has Created an abundance of media platforms. So brands are now curators and creators of content. So the scope and the potential for what PR involves and you know, people, individual people are are media contributors and creators. So the scope for PR is enormous. And yes, true to what you're saying, social media is one of the biggest platforms that I create strategies for content, you know, for, for brands around and help people understand that. Anything from sharing a post or generating insightful engagement and contributing on Facebook through to partnering with an influencer, through to partnering with a brand and doing a live on Instagram. These are all different ways that you can use PR in really powerful ways to build up your reputation, create new relationships with your customers to make you the go-to in space. So it really
1: is encompassing and people are probably engaging their own PR activities without really realizing that it's PR that they're doing
0: absolutely there's a blurred line like PR sits at, like from <laughs> from my bias perspective it kind of sits at the top you need to be understanding how you want to be perceived in the market it's about creating positive perceptions about your brand And it's literally every communication channel that you do engage in, whether it's owned, paid and earned, which is, earned is traditionally where PR is sort of known mostly in. And it's using that to create a consistent perception, brand perception at the end of the day that, yeah, brings in the right people, brings in the right audiences that amplifies your brand and people know and refer you to them because, you know, they love you. They're a brand advocate you know, and it's also, in a sense, it's also managing people that may be adversaries as well. So it's creating ways to, you know, from a, you know, maybe a big organizational point of view, it's also managing issues and, and, you know, creating a whole strategy around people who may be against your brand too. So it's it's very all encompassing.
1: Because I think I also probably have the perception of it being from a celebrity perspective, you hear a lot about their PR rep or their PR agency, and that's more about reputation management and like you said, the negative and the positive as well of that. Yes. But what you said actually made sense to me in that. So would you say that PR is kind of the overall, the overarching activity, but then social or paid or organic strategies so there, you can use individual strategies?
0: Yes, absolutely. But
1: PR is like the all-encompassing name for these different tools that you're using?
0: Exactly, Yeah, The communication Um, channels, the, the approaches that you can use, So my way of like, there's actually a whole sort of strategy around doing that. Do you want me to go into some of the strategies? Yeah, yeah, go into it. You know, that PR, make you stand out in PR world. So I guess to start there's, and this works for whether you're pitching to a news outlet or creating content to, you know, for your email marketing or your blog content or a pitching to a podcast interview. So these themes or concepts fall across all of those ways. So one of them is being timely. So you're creating content that's really on par with what's happening right now in the world of your consumer or your community or your context of your industry and environment. So it's, you're creating content that is, you know, say coronavirus right now. It's Mm. something that's affecting all of us. We, a colleague of ours that I work with in social media, have started a thriving through COVID initiative which is very much about supporting yeah, small businesses who were affected like we were at the time who were working with a lot of retail uh, customers. We yeah, gathered around as many as we could, invited our friends in, in business to join this community and then, yeah, it was just a, a natural flow and effect. So that's really an engagement opportunity, but then it translated into media opportunities for us because we pitched out to B&T and and Oh. inside small business to show that there's a whole collaborative behind us, you know, that are going through this journey together. And but it was obviously tacked on to the timeliness of coronavirus. So yeah, and then we, obviously that formulates a whole lot of content around anything affected by, you know, tips to survive in, in coronavirus. Another um sort of pillar that I talk about in PR, the strategic pillar, is about creating authority. So how can you build yourself up as an expert in what you do? And so that's by knowing the research. You know what sort of content angles and themes that you're an expert on and you're always there ready to go with that sort of content and you know and understand you know, future trends in your industry or an alternative view in your industry. So you're creating content that really champions you as the expert or authority in that space. Another one is telling beautiful personal stories to show you're a human behind your brand. So humanizing your brand is one of the biggest points of setting you apart from your competition and building relationships because at the end of the day, businesses are people. So we're not, you know, faceless businesses that, you know, we're not like so Kmart's and that sort of thing, like, well, I have they have a place. You know, what's going to set small business owners apart from the Kmart's of the world is that they're people and they have stories behind them and people connect to stories and real words. And there's a reason why people like Brene Brown are so popular right now because, you know, she does speak to the truth and what we connect to as humans. So sharing your vulnerabilities, sharing your learnings, whether it's in your email content through to pitching out a story in a podcast, you know, sharing it on a podcast or sharing it in... Ideal publication—that's a key pillar of of PR. There's also surprise and delight, so that's another theme. Whether that's you know, it's still these are all kind of common marketing terms, and they all work together. Essentially, Mm. PR is just communication relationships, as I said at the the, the beginning of this podcast. So you know, surprising and delight—how can you create opportunities to you know surprise your media target with a beautiful you know new product launch? They're giving them freebies, or you're giving them inviting them to an incredible event you're holding. So, you know, whether that's your target audience, your key opinion leaders or influencers, there's a whole lot of different ways. So that's just some of the, I guess, strategic pillars that I teach. There are a ton that really help you, you know, set yourself apart and thrive in PR opportunity, in creating PR opportunities.
1: That been so eye-opening for me because I think I, like probably a lot of listeners, thought that PR was just you know, magazine or TV placement. But then I realized talking to you just now that I am engaging in those things, but just not calling it those PR activities. And we were talking about before how we've both built our businesses and we've both lent into our superpower and that I've used paid ads to grow and grow and you've used the organic sort of side. Mm. And what I find is a really perfect balance of that is when you kind of layer those on top of each other. So layer the organic pr kind of strategies with a paid ad strategy that you can
0: absolutely kind of combine the two well if you don't they need to work hand in hand they all work if you don't have the trust behind you like which comes from also having you know your key influencers build up your brand so you're you're pitching out a, a piece that's appeared in your you know your consumer your ideal target audience that loves and you know absorbs regularly as soon as they spruik your brand, you know, your trust and credibility is completely boosted up. And same with all of those, you know, the the other ways I talked about with building your authority. So you need to have all of the elements working together. And then, of course, when you take, you know, paid ads, you're just amplifying Amplifying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you need to have all of it. You can't just do a paid ad. I know you would say this. You can't just do a paid ad for something that, you know, you're not an expert in your field and you don't have the content or the, the stats and credibility to back it up in the stories, the testimonials, all of that sort of thing, it's not going to translate.
1: Yeah. I like to say that paid ads can't work miracles. Like they can't make a business that's not like, they can't make a bad website convert or they can't make exactly. the wrong people buy your products. or they can't make a website that doesn't have good products on it, get sales or get leads. Like it's got to come, it just amplifies something that's, that doesn't mean that you can't run ads when you're just starting out. It just means you have to make sure you've got the other kind of pillars lined up as well. The other ducks in a row and all of them work together. None of these marketing strategies work in isolation. It kind of has to all work together. Absolutely. I'm interested to hear how you fell in love with PR. Like what made you decide to specialize down that path?
0: So again, this comes back to, I guess, my vulnerabilities as part of my pillar, I guess, but it really came back. I was quite a shy teenager. I really... And believe it or not, got C's and D's in English. Um, so I remember getting one. I only got one D, but I remember it so clearly. And just I literally was a straight C student. And when I got a C plus at the end of the day, out of Year Twelve, I was like, Oh my gosh! But I just did not get English. I did not find. I found writing terrifying. I found oral presentation, speaking like if you'd come to me and say to be on a podcast.
1: Yeah, I tried emailing you 15 years ago and you knocked me back. Um,
0: there would have been no <laughs> chance. I just, and even still, like for years, I'm much more comfortable behind the camera than in front of the camera and guiding others in it. But yeah, it's become more second nature now. Um, and I guess, so yeah, way back then I just was terrified of it. And I happened to, yeah, you know, I was upgrading, I was going to do architecture at university and I happened to fall into a journalism 101 class um, where I was kind of, a lecturer, I think she was Desley Bartlett from the Korea Mail. She was a journalist doing that as a side thing. And she just opened my eyes to how powerful it was and how simple writing is. But just, you know, I loved what she said to me. If you can write like you're talking to a six-year-old, then you have salt. You You can make, you know, explaining ideas. When I'm explaining ideas to my son, who's five right now, and asks me really incredible questions like how are clouds, like
1: why do clouds move? <laughs>
0: exactly. Like just really think. Oh, like can you eat a cloud? Like and you're just trying to explain it in a really s- simply and clearly, clear way. It's so much more challenging, but it's it's so powerful because they can get it, and, and it's not trying to sound smart. You're not trying to, you know, overcomplicate things. It's just keeping it as simple as possible. So yeah, that really connected for me, and I suddenly fell in love with writing. And, yeah, it was guided into to going to QUT and, and studying public relations at QUT and I found the course so nurturing. I was the biggest nerd and got, you know, sevens all through with high distinctions and, yeah, just came out the other end of it thinking, wow, I've, you know, completely misunderstood writing, the power of writing and communication. And, yeah, it's not just the Samantha Jones of, you know, of Sex in the City World of what we are. <laughs> like the, you know, I don't. I don't think that it, that world really exists, to be honest, because most of those people are, you know, working till all hours of the day and and yeah, crazy hard. But yeah, so it's really powerful. And also, I am quite a. I'm an extrovert. I love cuddles. I love <laughs> I love relationships. So I am quite a a relationships driven person. So it worked really well from that perspective. And
1: like you just got it. It just made it simple to you because you just got it.
0: Yeah, like there's a lot of mis- misconceptions around PR is just spinning shit basically at the end mm. of the day which you know that's going to be put port- you're going to be found out like there's no you can't hide behind the truth so PR is actually being a true human in business and it's, if you're sharing your values and giving away as much for free and empowering others as much as possible you're going to thrive in business and in PR and for me that that made sense to me so I
1: think what you said is the industry as a whole, like marketing industry as a whole is kind of seen as a bit of, you know, spinning shit or, and I come up against that a lot as well because there's a lot of people that can't be trusted when it comes to choosing like a digital marketing agency or stuff like that. That I'm sure when you're one of the good guys, you're like, no, but I'm one of the ones that you can can be trusted.
0: (laughs) I I promise, I've got
1: you. Yeah, I know. But I think that that's more of an industry-wide association and just probably specific just to PR as well.
0: Definitely, yeah. No, it's, it's 100%. I think that's a business world too. I think it's not necessarily just, yeah, our industries. I think we've got a lot of work to do in, in the business world, generally in the corporate world. A lot of, you know, like probably comes back to feminism as well and having mm. more, more, you know, understanding of the emotional side, emotional intelligence of businesses and prioritising that rather than the dollars and, you know, because that, that comes from having an emotionally intelligent organisation as opposed to just, yeah, looking at the numbers at the end of the day. So, yeah, I think we're getting there. We're getting smarter and people are calling, you know, there's a lot of research showing how consumers want brands to be good. They want businesses that are, you know, have society at the best height because we know that it's, you know, gives jobs, it gives good economies and then as long as it's translating into building up everybody as well. There's great scope for, for businesses to do good and, and consumers want that and they're gravitated to businesses that do good as well.
1: So you, you got your degree and you went into agency life with PR. What made you then want to start your own business? Because I'm sure that that's like, a, especially if you, you're at a job, you think, oh, that could be just the easy option just to go back to working at my existing job. Like what made you want to then start Croft PR?
0: Yeah, so I decided that, yeah, I I realised that just the culture and I hadn't found a workplace that really enabled me to have children. Although having said that, I worked at the APA and it was amazing, Australian Physiotherapy Association, because they were very flexible. It was a great place to work, but we moved back to Brisbane from Melbourne. We were in Melbourne for nine years and the head office wasn't wasn't there anyway. And I'd actually started in that time working on a side hustle of freelancing work. Because I knew I have, my mum and dad are both small business owners. They work for themselves. They've always worked for themselves. And I loved the freedom that they have from working, you know, themselves. My mum's a leading women's health physiotherapist in Australia, really. So she has, yeah, created, she's written books. She's well-known in her space. And yeah, so I guess I've had that small business mindset all along.
1: That probably was a really good training ground as well for PR, seeing that her having that authority and that expert leader in her field, that that probably helped you understand those concepts maybe?
0: Definitely. Yeah. So mum's, she's always been very confident in, she's regularly on ABC radio up here in Queensland. But she was very green into the digital space, so I helped her more in that space. So I guess that was a good training ground for me too. So sort of sharing that, but yeah, from a really young age, to see her regularly talk, do talks in front of you know hundred people and health experts and that sort of thing, really was a great training ground from that. And then just watching two small business owners the struggles with that too is that's you know, it didn't put me off basically at the end of the day. I knew how hard it is. It is a hard slog working for yourself, but then the rewards that come with that from having more flexibility at home and taking holidays when you want to and being home at a certain time for your family when you want to, that was, yeah, obviously really inspiring for me.
1: And then how long have you had Croft PR for now?
0: Basically, I really went into it about two years when Patty was one. So, yeah, when Patty was one, he's now three. So yeah, two years ago, I've had PR, uh, crop PR as a brand, as my logo. Basically, that's when I started it, really putting effort into it. But I've actually had my um, ABN for five years, so that was um, enlightening to me. I didn't realise that, but I've been in business.
1: You're like I was sitting on that for a while.
0: I was really sitting on it for a long time. So yeah, which meant I missed out on some grant program that I was trying to you know claim at the time which was really annoying and I was like damn it all that procrastination (laughs) but yeah basically it was so Patty was one year year old and I was yeah at a crossroads as to whether I wanted to go back into agency world but I decided I'm actually going to drop it out altogether and go and study yoga teaching because I was so jaded by it yeah I guess my experience previously some experiences I shouldn't say that at all it was definitely some experiences that that sort of brought to light that this is not going to be a sustainable career with children but yeah I also felt really out of the game as we talked about previously I felt really disconnected from the social media world with how quickly everything was moving online how you know google ads I'd never Mm. even touched that and still haven't touched it but I'm (laughs) going to um but yeah so I guess yeah and that's what PR, like I think we were talking previously about how, you know, my concept of an agency is you are full service. You do everything. Clients come to you and they need help for everything. So for me, I was like, well, I'm so redundant. I don't know all of these things. So, you know, I can't possibly be a strategist or freelancer anymore because, yeah, everything's changed. I don't even know what media is out there anymore, really. But anyway, so yeah, I felt I lost my confidence. I was going to go do yoga teaching. But then, Found, I just came across a digital course. I think it was the League of Extraordinary Women. They'd run a digital, you know, one-day session. Went along to that and realised that while, yes, the platforms and the technology had changed and the tools, the principles of what I was just saying, the strategies behind PR or comms or, you know, reputation building, relationship building is exactly the same. Like nothing has changed. We're all craving connection. We're all craving vulnerable, you know, human human connection we're all craving all these sorts of things I talked about surprise and delight buzz all those sorts of things so nothing has changed it's just there's more channels there's more you know opportunities to learn so my strategies were still you know relevant and it was just learning okay that's I can just do this quick course and I can learn this or I can just youtube this and I'll learn this or listen to this podcast and I'll upskill in this area so then I was like okay well and also I decided to do some tutoring with QUT at the same time. So going back to my roots and just, I felt like I was going to, you know, learn with them as well as teach them. So at the same time, I was able to, to get an insight into what our, you know, future students, what future graduates were, going to, were coming out with and, and also teach them what I knew to. So, and that just gave me that extra confidence boost, extra little bit of access to insights of what's current and that sort of thing as well. And I found a great employee out of it too, so it was great. Oh, yes. um, yeah, so then it was kind of just a snowball effect. I was offered a contract with Slater and Gordon, uh, which we won, and I had to bring on a whole lot of freelancers at the time to deliver this major contract. And then it just, yeah, snowballs from there, so in a, in a roundabout way.
1: And when someone is looking to utilise PR strategies, is it something that, Like, what do you look for when you're choosing someone to partner with and execute that strategy for you? Like, how do you know who to use or an agency to go to or a freelancer to go to? Like, what sort of things do you need to look for in it? Like a PR partner?
0: So, okay. So it probably comes back to knowing whether, what sort of business you are. So if you have the budget to go to an outsourced agency, then that's fantastic. But, yeah, you definitely do need to do your due diligence to make sure you're going to the right people. So for me, it's actually knowing who's going to manage your account and meeting that specific person, not the head of the agency.
1: Not the salesperson. It may not,
0: yeah, so it may not touch it. So you need to understand actually who's going to deliver my account. Do I have a great relationship with them? You know, do they understand my brand and industry? What sort of connections they have within, you know, for media and for, for influencers, you know, depending on what space you are, whether you're B2B or consumer, you need to understand what's their understanding of that space. You also, yeah, I think it's just like connecting with them human-wise. Are they good humans? Are they reliable? Do they deliver on budget? Are they transparent in what they're delivering to you and the process that they go through and the strategies that they're going to take you through? Say you're a small business and you do not. So, what I should say is PR can be very expensive. You know, most people come to PR for just I want to be on Channel 7 News, and it's like, well, yeah, we need to (laughs) build.
1: Well, we can't do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Look, I can definitely do it, but. You know, it's, it may not be the right platform for you. It may be a complete waste of our time and effort and you may not have the stories for it. It may, it's just may not be the right platform. Uh, is it actually tied back to your business objective when you know who your customer is, what challenge you're solving for them and is that the right, you know, platform? What's the outcome?
1: Like what's yeah. the benefit of being on... I think rather than just having like a vanity.
0: Exactly. Is it your ego talking or is it yeah. actually going to translate into the right platform? So maybe it's actually targeting a really niche publication like Inside Small Business because you're a small business, you know, you are a professional services business that works with small businesses. So for me, I write regularly for Inside Small Business because I'm building up my community in the small business space for teaching people how to do their own PR. So that's why it's more on, you know, that's that strategic level. So, yeah, so coming back to if you're a small business owner, I do think it's actually, you know, I'm biased because I do have my course now, but it's why I created my course because mm. I, do, I was able, you know, I was getting a lot of inquiries for PR and people are overwhelmed with how expensive it can cost to do all the legwork, all the strategy and do it right way and the time that it can count. And there isn't a guarantee that you're going to get, you know, you can pay for an ad to run during Channel 7, but you're not going to, to get on Channel 7 news. The front story where you're going to build your credibility. So, you know, for example, we got that story when we did Haven Newstead, which is the lifestyle precinct client that I talked about previously when they were hit by COVID. I called up the Channel 7 chief of staff and said, Is there any way that you might be able to come down and tell people to stop hoarding, you know, to buy at coals and come down and support our local hospitality industry because it's really suffering? They have they've adapted, they're giving takeaway food, all those sorts of things. So as long as you know, that's a relevant opportunity for them. But, you know, whether it's right for you or you're going to have any impact, it's just a waste of time burning relationships. Yeah, it's another story. So you need to be much more strategic in that space. And sorry, coming back to whether it's, yeah, you're a small business and it's financially right. I think it's actually far better for you to start to build that up and understand that you're creating content or a plan that is integrated into your business. And it just, PR is just another cha- media, I should say, or influence. It's just another channel that you need to use or engage with as part of your overarching strategy.
1: So tell me, because I, I love that, and and tell me what you teach in. Like, do you believe that all these concepts in your your course, they're completely teachable concepts that anyone can use and employ to get hundred percent? Yeah, okay,
0: absolutely. Because it's yeah, it's it's absolutely. It's not rocket science. It's literally just strategy it's, and it's a strategy so it's a process so we start back at your brand and understanding how you stand out as a brand and who you are as a brand your brand dna what makes you special what makes you unique and then really seeing how then you help your your target audience and delving really deep into that and knowing where they are what they're consuming and all of those things so that you're creating a strategy that works right for them and you're really clear on that. Like you've got a very clear ideal customer avatar. You might have, you know, as I think I was listening to your Two Girls on a Laptop interview yeah. with Catherine. And, yeah, that's if you can have a profile, like a very clear, you think of your favourite customer that buys from you all the time or, you know, someone that you know you've made up maybe or you, you might be your ideal customer because, you know, there's others like you out there. If you can get super clear on that, what their core challenges are and all of that and that side of things we go deep into that and then you can go through we go through the process of understanding your core channels then your strategies and then content creation and that's really key and that's understanding what actually makes the news and where's the right place for you to get your content and then amplifying it so because there's no point in creating all this amazing content and no one knows about it so mm. Or even having a win on media and then what's the next one we can do from that? So I think
1: even when I was hearing you talk earlier about, you know, you created a Facebook group and then you went to B&T and you wanted to is. get some, and that's probably the next that people aren't doing. Like they're doing the content bit of it, but then they're not doing the content circulation. Yes. And the amplification of
0: that. Exactly. And repurposing that's, mm. <laughs> there's no point wasting time when, you know, you've written all this content, it can be repurposed a thousand times over. No idea is new. Everything is just a slight evolution of the previous concept. So if you can like tweak it in the right ways to suit the right platforms, to suit the right, you know, the right audience, then yeah, you'll be fine. (laughs) So
1: before we wrap up, is there anyone that isn't suited for PR or is it kind of like everyone should be doing it?
0: Everybody can do it. Whether you're a shy person like I was, like, I totally know I was this person. And as soon as it was just like a light bulb moment in me, it just like clicked. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And to be honest, I didn't do my own PR up until about mid last year, which sounds terrible. So sorry, maybe October last year, I was like, okay, if and why not? <laughs> because I was like, I totally get what stops people is imposter syndrome. Yeah. That people feel that they've, they're not the right person. They don't have anything to share. I've got nothing of significance. I haven't got that, you know, that extra project I need to work on or that next, you know, client to win or I haven't done that part of my business so I'm not right to do that or this person's already said that. There's no point in me saying that again.
1: It's so much easier to promote someone else's business than it is to oh, <laughs>
0: promote yourself. Totally. So easy. But, yeah, as soon as you're in the driver's seat, it can be a lot more you know, challenging, but it's understanding that everybody has something to share. Absolutely. Everyone has something to share. It's carving down deep into what makes you different. And, you know, I've got a great process that helps you go through that. It's knowing that you're adding value to others is what's really key. So I love what Marie Folio Folio is an amazing entrepreneur for anyone who doesn't know her in the U.S. and I went to see her last year and I loved what she shared around the feeling of imposter syndrome or, or starting, you know, taking a risk of doing, you know, launching a new business or doing something new. And she said, she gave a really great analogy around her husband who had been talking to her for years around, you've got to drink these green smoothies. You know, they're really great for your health and blah, blah, blah. blah. Like it's a great thing for you. And then and she's like, yeah, whatever. And then her friend who you know she trusts and respects it's not her close you know boyfriend who nags at her all the time for other things then her friend says exactly the same thing and she says oh josh we've got to eat these <laughs> xyz said that we should do this and she's like what so i feel like
1: that's a story that happens in my house all the time like exactly. my husband right. will be like i did that i told you to do that six yeah. months ago i'm like yeah but that little and he's just like you need to pay me to be your business coach.
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Dave, I can't tell Dave anything. I'll have to get, you know, I have to know what who is the right person to influence. It's always a friend. It's never me. To tell him, It's not sister assistant law. He won't listen to me.
1: Yeah, same, anyway, same here.
0: So it's just, yeah, people listen to, you know, when it's the right time for them, when it's the right person, when it's the right context. There's so many different factors at play. And there will be that one person that you benefit from hearing from your story, your experience, your insights at the right time and right place so it will connect with you. So that's, yeah, I guess what I can add to that value and and what I had to learn and overcome my fear around putting myself out there because what's the worst can happen? You get a no for your story, you know, pitching your story or doing another opportunity, pitching an opportunity, whatever, that doesn't matter. Like I get it, it hurts. But at the same time, you just be like, okay, that's all right. What can I do next?
1: Where can I take that? What feedback can I ask from them to go from there? So, so where can people learn more about your the Katie's PR School, where you teach people how to do this, and also connect with you in all the places online?
0: Yes, awesome. Um, so...
1: <laughs> Perfect.
0: So, yes, what we're we here
1: for? No, <laughs> PR time. This is time where Katie gets her PR hat on.
0: Totally. (laughs) Um, So my website is www.croftpr.com and you can find my Katie's PR school at the same thing, www.croftpr.com slash learn. And you can also connect with me on Insta, which is at croft.pr. And my facey. I'm also on Facebook and you can connect with us. Come join our Thriving Through COVID Facebook group. It will change to Thriving. In business very soon but yeah there's hundreds of business owners in there we share awesome stories of everything from tips it's just basically your mentoring group coaching group through you know business and life so it's whether it's you sharing a daily meme or a hack you've just learned or you know sharing a win where there and there's yeah it's it's awesome I love it
1: I will add the link to the group in the, in yes, the show notes amazing. that would be great um,
0: and we are launching a podcast soon, so Woo-hoo. keep an ear up for that one, which you will be on very soon too. Do you have a
1: name picked out?
0: Yes, it is called Thriving in Business. So business. it's basically an extension of our Thriving Through COVID initiative. Obviously, COVID's not going to be around forever, so yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed. We're going to But to be honest, it was actually a, such a, an amazing time. I know this is really terrible to say because it was a really horrible time for a lot of people. But for me, it was a great reset for myself and the rat race and mm. hustle and yeah, I, I loved it. <laughs>
1: so, yeah.
0: I loved it for slowing down.
1: I think it's a I the forced slowing down was a, a yeah. beautiful byproduct of it, I think. Absolutely. Of a really crappy situation.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It has been a thrill, and you've given so many good tips. I feel like now I actually understand what PR is when it was always such a like a confusing concept to me. Yes. So you've just broken it down in such a simple way, and I need to join Katie's PR school.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. Thank you, Katie. It was lovely to chat to you, and um, yeah, I can't wait to connect with you all out there on Insta and all the things. Yay! <laughs> hey. all, all right. right. Bye. Thank
1: you. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that chat just as much as I did. For some reason, the pennies really dropped when Katie explained to me what PR actually is. And I was so was that person that thought it was that big media and getting on TV and getting magazines. And Katie clearly outlined what PR is and some key pillars or strategies you can use to execute your own PR. So make sure you do connect with Katie online. All the links are in the show notes, as well as her Facebook group and her Instagram and her website. And if you'd like to connect with me, I'm at Katie Griffin underscore on Instagram. And my website is sundaydigital.com.au. And I would love to have your feedback on this episode. So head to my Instagram, let me know what you thought. And follow, share and subscribe and also leave a rating and review. That would really help. So do all the things and I will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much.